All right, so the conventional wisdom is uh, if you want your podcast to be more popular, you got to just add, you know, a generic leftist angle. So me and Alex are on YouTube here just looking at some uh, music. We want to talk about some famous leftists like President Bill Clinton and uh, Herman Cain. Maybe we'll get a little boost in popularity for the podcast here. I feel like this has been like said plenty in recent years, but like the whole first black president thing with Bill Clinton has aged so poorly. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time a black person touched a saxophone was like on a Huey Lewis record in 1984. Yeah, certainly not after this video ever again. I like too, like how fucking lame were the 90s that this shit made him like the cool candidate. He looks like shit right now, dude. It's fucking sunglasses. In the song they're doing too. Was there like a strong youth movement to Clinton's campaign? Because if there was, that's just mind blowing. But I'm not really sure. I don't think so. I don't. Th- I hope. I not. don't think this would have appealed to people. Exactly. This is just. This awful. was like after Nevermind came out. Exactly. Can you imagine watching this? And being under 50 and thinking it's cool, like... Yeah, this, this guy with Youth gray hair. The Pixies and Nirvana and shit is all, like, at their peak. This guy with gray hair playing Elvis on the saxophone. Pretty cool. I feel like it also reflects on Lisa Simpson, you know, from that era that, like... It, it played into, like, Clinton mania and how uncool Lisa is that she played the sax, you know? Yeah, it's not cool. No one liked to hear it. Yeah, you want to see Bart Everyone was trying shit. to watch TV. The only other person that played saxophone was that big fat guy with no teeth. That disgusting, uh, wretched man, Bleeding Gums Murphy. Yeah, luckily he died and... Who's, thankfully, us. they killed him off. One of the least popular characters in the history of the show. As the show went on, didn't they start, like, letting fans vote on who they should kill next or something? <laughs> or, like, what they should do next, right? They gotta get rid of Bart. Yeah. <laughs> Killing He's very Bart disrespectful. The, the only good episode they've had in, like, 20 years. Give Skinner a break. Yeah, man, he's got enough uh, like P- untreated PTSD to deal with on like a public school salary where he can't afford therapy or anything. Yeah, and he's Armenian, which is a huge burden to carry. Is he really? That was uh, a lot of people say that's when the show turned to being bad when they had. Um, it was like on Mad Men, but it was before Mad Men where like he was. His name was Armin Tamzarian, and he, like, took Seymour oh, Skinner's yeah. dog tag and stole his identity. I forgot about that, dude. I haven't watched, like, anything beyond, like, season nine. I haven't watched it in, like, 15 years. I totally forgot about that. I think that was season nine. That was, that's the point a lot of people okay, say so the show right got Okay, that's right on the cusp, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, is that canon? Is that, they never mention it again? If they did that same plot, um... Like, 10 years later, they would have had, like, System of a Down as a guest to talk about the Armenian genocide or something. That would have rocked. Yeah, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, actually. Probably, yeah. Whenever they actually have musicians on The Simpsons, it's just like, You're Lady Gaga! Yeah, the Michael Jackson episode. Didn't they get rid of that? Just because it has Michael Jackson in it? Yeah, uh, only once, like, the documentary came out on, like, Netflix or whatever. Even Even though it's been, like, 20 years since everyone knew all this shit was true, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Michael Jackson parts of that episode were not good at all. Yeah, that's one of the less good episodes in season three. 
Like sure. the the part about Homer getting the pink shirt and they send him to the mental institution. That's a good bit. Yeah, yeah. But the Michael Jackson shit feels so forced. Yeah, it feels like Michael like, Jackson. Like they they thought, like, well, we're getting Michael Jackson. We might have might as well have like twenty two out of the or twenty out of the twenty two minutes be about him because yeah, we're not going to exactly. get him again. And the plot is almost unresolved, where they just flip it immediately, where he's just like goes back to being himself or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a lazy one. Let's move on to this uh, Herman Cain song right here. Like right off the song, this right off the bat, this song kicks ass because the audio's all in the right channel, even though it's in stereo. Yeah, that's the good channel. The left channel is there; it's just annoying static that kicks ass. Yeah, that's what politics are. Yeah. <laughs> you got one side with the kick-ass tunes, and you got the other side just making a static noise, making everyone mad. God damn, this video is so cool too, where he's just like turning his head slowly left to right just you know holding court his white gown people criticize phil specter for a lot of reasons but they should give him credit for putting the right effects on the original imagine recording oh yeah dude i agree completely like the reverb is perfect and like slap yeah. delay kind of shit yeah like it, it makes it less painful than it is when it's like a gospel band playing it or whatever. Yeah. It just sounds so bad. This version kicks ass though because he's got like karaoke vocals going, you know? Like that kind of like lo-fi bullshit reverb. And every every time he says pizza, the mic pops. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's got it pressed against his lips. This video is like the OG example of uh, liberals are scared because conservatives are getting better at comedy. Conservatives have all the best musicians. They've got Ted Nugent. They've got um, Huckabee. Char- Charlie Daniels, Mike Huckabee, Herman Cain, um, Baked Alaska. That's all you need. I mean, between those guys, you could listen to that for a lifetime. You know? Ted Nugent's got like 40 albums. Every two years, he just puts out an album called like uh, the crazy man from Detroit or like <laughs> uh, you know kick-ass Nugent and it's just um, him playing a power chord on his Charlie Christian ass guitar Dude, I gotta give this Herman Cain song credit for being like twice as long as the John Lennon song <laughs> he just had so many good ideas for bits and all his verses he just had to keep going mozzarella He was so ahead of his time where, like, he should be president right now. The way he was campaigning in 2012 would have made him president. Like, he should hop in for 2020 and challenge Trump. Every single member of the women's choir there uh, later sued him for sexual harassment. Yeah. That's why he, he can went, go toe-to-toe with Trump. He went Trump's through after this, like when you do good game, good game, good game, good game. Yeah, yeah, just each one, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the line. last time he performed with them. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that Trump doesn't have, like, this type of musical moment. I don't think Trump likes music. That's true. Like, that's how you know he's, like, an actual psychopath, is he really doesn't know any songs, and he doesn't like music, like... The shit he would use at rallies is just like 
the five most popular Rolling Stone songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got that, he's got Elton John sometimes. It's hard to uh, to do that because the few Maybe. conservative artists there are, like, you've got Charlie Daniels, you can't do The Devil Goes Down to Georgia because if you're in another state, they're not going to like it. You yeah, can only do exactly. that in Georgia. And yep. Ted Nugent's songs are all about uh, having sex with 14-year-olds. So you can't play those. So yeah, you it's got, okay just gotta to play go to bass a, with him on TV, but you can't play him at a rally necessarily. You gotta uh, stick to rocking in the free world, no matter how many cease and desist you get. Yeah. <laughs> um, born in the USA, no matter how many USA, cease and desist you get. Which is a song about uh, how cool war is. There's honestly such a lucrative grift in just making songs for conservative politicians, like to license, you know. I mean, that's what Bruce Springsteen did, but with Democrats. That's true. That's true. Bruce that's Springsteen's I'm... job is to uh, to make uh, campaign rally songs for Democrats about uh, vaguely about unions and shit. Yeah, I'm just surprised there's no like countervailing force for Republicans. Like, they'd probably pay you ten times as much for like one tenth as good of a song, you know? Oh yeah, and they, uh, Springsteen edged out Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi tried to get in there with like you know. Uh, Tommy's been working on the docks and all that shit with with the New Jersey thing. I only realized this maybe like two years ago that all those fucking characters he mentions in that song come back on that terrible uh, single. It's my life. Oh, like he yeah. Mentions he all mentions all the same that. names in it. And it's like fucking amazing that there's like this Bon Jovi consistent internal universe that no one's paying attention to. Like the Jovi verse. I heard uh, like a, a lounge cover of It's My Life at the grocery store the other day. Oh, like, it was yeah. probably, like, Paul Anka or something. And <laughs> I realized that in it, they say, he says, like Frankie said, uh, I'm going to do it my way. My way, yeah, yeah. I love Which that Which is, shit, like, dude. inviting that kind of cover to happen. Because it's, like, it's just, it's so blatant. It's awful. And it worked, though. You can't blame him at all. It kind of worked. Bon Jovi, they weren't able to, to they were outcompeted by Springsteen in like New Jersey vaguely blue collar rock for Democrats game. But you gotta and figure like, they ended up having to go country. They tried to go country. That's like okay, so he didn't get used in as many like political rallies and stuff, but I guarantee you if you go to a fucking Bon Jovi show in twenty nineteen, there's like thirty thousand people there who paid like over a hundred dollars each and they're all just like, you know, 57-year-old moms who remember listening to those first couple singles like 30 years ago, right? Slippery When Wet. Yeah, exactly. Like that whole... They should do a Slippery When Wet uh, top-to-bottom album tour, you know? That would be great. Uh, bands who had like two singles on... Two good singles on every album trying to do the... We're going to perform our album, our classic album that everyone likes in full. And then everyone realizes that there are nine filler tracks on it. <laughs> Dexy's Midnight Runners full album show another good bit would be to eiffel do an 65. album eiffel six oh they have some bad even the verses on blue daba d are filling <laughs> yeah so the other tracks in their career. yeah the, the uh they're oh, what was performing the song about playstation or oh, sorry it yeah, would what? be funny if you got an album that has like uh 15 minutes of silence at the end and then and then some shit comes on before the bonus track yeah but you perform that 
Yeah, the si- well, that's the encore break. So they're just standing on stage silently. I never thought of it that way before. And then it's just like, like a, early '90s album. It's a bunch of backwards noises. That shit, that's basically the encore break, but you're just listening to the CD in your car. What's the next one we have here? Let's pull Mr. up this uh, Richard Nixon here. Anyhow, uh, I had no idea until like 30 minutes ago that Richard Nixon wrote his own concerto. And we had. Would you bring a piano out here if we can do this? We had uh, Mrs. Nixon, Pat had a tape recorder going one afternoon, and she quietly said to Mr. Nixon, would you... Oh, I love that he just said Mrs. Nixon had a tape recorder going one afternoon. Because that was what brought his presidency down, was having a tape recorder. Tape recorder? Doing all his criminal conspiracies. This is long before... Like This is like the year after he lost to Kennedy, I think. That's a really great, like, foreboding thing there. Yeah, this was when he was just like... He was like Napoleon on the island just steaming mad, like, trying to figure out a way to get back. Yeah, exactly. And he did it. Yep. Gotta hand it to him. That's another Trump-esque thing about him, I guess. It's like, well, I guess he proved everyone wrong. Yeah, we made fun of him, and then he did it. He got more racist. Yeah, exactly. Both of them, you know, that's what it takes to win. And the fucking strings going. I would call this composition workmanlike. <laughs> There's nothing like special about it, but I honestly didn't know he played piano, so I'm honestly kind of impressed, you know. This is uh probably the most anti-Semitic piece of classical music. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's it's got to be worse than the the parts of the Ring Cycle where it's about the goblin stealing the gold. Yeah, that's what inspired it. Some, like, Wagner shit. But, yeah, it, it's almost like a, a Strauss waltz, almost, more than a, a piano yeah, concerto. Yeah. For sure. It's like... He's just going from, like, the one to the five. Exactly. It's, it's like, To the one to the five. Just arpeggiating it. Yeah. Yeah, it's super generic, but it's, like, he can play, you know? Like, I got to hand it to him. I'd he actually, did, he I'd, did do it. I enjoyed that better than Bill Clinton's performance, so... Honestly, that might be the best presidential musical performance I've seen, like, no joke. That could be it. Gotta hand it to him. I don't know why everyone's always mad at that guy. Yeah. His piano concerto was, uh, even though it was 45 seconds long, it was uh, perfectly serviceable. (laughs) I hope that he spent, like, 20 years writing that, where he'd just sit down at the piano and be like, ugh. It's like, one, five, one, oh, fuck, I don't know what to do, you know? Yeah, where do you go? Where do you go after that? After you've resolved the five back to the one, like, <laughs> one. Yeah, what's next? Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna? You're gonna go to something else again? Like you just got back home. It's like you got from home from vacation, and you. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna go <laughs> out right to the back store. The I door, just got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. I imagine he's working on that, and Checkers is in the background, just. <laughs> he got Checkers in the right key, so he's like everything's in tune with the song. They probably have tapes of that. Get early demos. I hope he had to turn that over uh, during the 
you know, his little uh, kerfuffle, shall we say. Yeah, Kong, it's in the congressional record. Everyone had to listen to him just playing a, a C chord in six different octaves. <laughs> yeah. And then, like and then s- say, what do, I, what do I do next? What do I do next? <laughs> it was like a six-hour tape of it. Just What's the, mo- what's the most non-Jewish chord? Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on here to, um, this is another just fucking absolutely fantastic find. This is like a who's who of like racist and like sex abuser 1990s, early 2000 Congress people here. The singing senators. It's like a fucking barbershop quartet of Republicans. We got John Ashcroft, Wide Stance Larry Craig, James Jeffords, and Trent Lott. Yeah, this is just... This is a, a long one here too. This is kind of an epic, but... God, the backing track, dude. It's so primitive. It's like... This is maybe what would have played if you, like... You had, like, the Compton's Encyclopedia CD-ROM on Windows (laughs) 3.1. And you, like, ask it to play you the National Anthem of Serbia. Those are, like, the virtual instruments that this was made on. What did people do for karaoke before MIDI existed? Like, if you went to karaoke in, like, 1977, what did you do? Well, they had instrumental versions of, like, uh, disco records and stuff. Yeah, that's true, but not every... Like, it's not like you had a fucking, like, Led Zeppelin instrumental version, right? No. Or did no one karaoke back then, I guess? I think cover bands, bar bands were a lot bigger. Yeah, I guess you're right. As a barbershop quartet, they're no better than just if you plucked, like, four 70-year-old white men off the street. These guys were from the same generation as, like, the Beatles. Yeah, exactly. But they were Republicans, you know? They fucking hated all that shit. Yeah, they, uh, they're still listening to Sinatra. Yeah, music ended in, like, 1952 for them or something. Besides maybe Sinatra. Yeah, then certain influences, uh... The race music started yeah, come creeping it's crept in. Crept in, yeah. This song is especially related to the kind of responsibility that Mark's undertaken in the Senate. Money? Uh, yeah, a little Who bit. Who is uh, Mark Hatfield? I have no idea. I don't know. They're, they're saluting right now. In your pocket. This is in honor of him, but we can't tell. Like, are they doing this? In like on the Senate floor, there's no way, right? They're just on some sound. I assume it's the sound stage. Like, so just to go, I mean, no one's clapping. But the thing is, like, it's it's kind of like a Dan Ninen situation where there might be an audience and no one's clapping anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, there aren't any audience shots. I think there's. I think you can hear faint clapping. So just to go through these guys, you've got Trent Lott who in 2003 at Strom Thurmond's birthday celebration, who was like the segregationist guy, he said, uh, if Strom Thurmond had gotten elected in 1948, we wouldn't have had any of these problems over the years. And he was forced to step down. Then you've got Larry Craig, who uh, was soliciting sex in the bathroom. 
Dude, all-timer. It's one of my favorite political scandals ever. He really tried to, like, fight it for so long. Like, he just had all those events with, like, his wife and kids with him to talk about it, which just made it, like, ten times more hilarious. Yeah, he should have gone away real quick. That is so good. He seems to be the best singer in the group, though. So, um... Like, my friend Nick, who people on Twitter probably know as a Juchi man, uh, he lived in Minnesota for, like, a good while. And, you know, that whole thing with the wide stance and, like, soliciting sex in the bathroom happened in the Minneapolis airport. So, like, that next baseball season, the local, like, independent Minneapolis baseball team uh, had a, a bobble foot doll of Larry Craig where he's in the stall. And, like, the foot was the part that was the bobblehead. That's beautiful. That shit is so fucking cool. I know. It's so good, dude. Only in, like, minor league baseball can you get away with that kind of humor. It's just, like, man. So then you've got John Ashcroft, who was a senator at the time and was uh, one of the architects of the Iraq War in the Bush administration. Not bad. And then uh, Jim Jeffords, who became an independent during the Bush administration. He was from Vermont. He held Bernie Sanders' seat before him. And uh, I went to college in Burlington, and a uh, building where a lot of my classes were were named after Jim Jeffords. So, like, seeing his face gives me uh, flashbacks to just, like, seeing his face on, like, uh, <laughs> they literally big have painted portrait face. in the hallway. Did they literally have that? That's hilarious. I'm imagining his face, like, on every classroom door and shit. Yeah. Shout out to him, the least evil guy in this group. Yeah, absolutely. Also, him and Bernie back-to-back... Probably the only senators in U.S. history to both have fucking good music, you know? Yeah. At least Bernie Sanders' music is, like, kind of charming. It's, it's equally as bad as this right now, but, like, there's something charming about him wanting to do, like, Woody Guthrie and shit like that. Ooh, they're doing I'll Fly Away right now, though. This is pretty aggressive. funny how people praised Elvis for singing songs well and having a wide stance and yet Larry Craig uh, simply for being a conservative is punished it's, not, it's the liberal media you know to a land where joy shall never end Yeah, their first official performance was in October 1995 at a Young Political Leaders of America meeting. All these guys were born in the fucking 40s. So, like, they were easily well over 50 by the time they performed at the Young Political Leaders meeting. But that's just, like, the definition Larry of the Republican Party, Larry Craig was probably right? like, pretty disappointed that there wasn't a single young man there. Yeah, that's the reason they went. He really talked the rest of them into it. Just like, no, guys, yeah, this is going to be a good opportunity go, uh, for our band, dude. We need to reach these young people. Yeah. The conservative movement is always in peril of young people not joining it. But it's just been fine for them for a half a century, right? Like, these are the youngest guys today in the conservative movement still. Yeah. They can keep milking these same guys. Like, Trent Lott's thing was... Strom Thurmond, his birthday party, his hundredth birthday party, when he was still in Congress. Yeah, exactly. Like, Republicans just don't die. I think he was a hundred and three. 
Cool. And like by then he was retired, but like that was the number one segregationist guy. That was Mr. Too Damn Segregationist. And he was just uh, in the Senate forever. And that was like, that was into the Lincoln Park era. Yeah, that's a, a good way to contextualize it. So like, you know, I, wish I don't know, gonna... these guys just don't go away. You would think like, oh, people are beyond this. I would this, pay but... good money for these guys to do, to do crawling or something. Well, to their credit, uh, their lead singer, Larry Craig, is still alive. <laughs> well, Linkin Parks is not, so True. jokes on Who, them. Which band had more longevity? Just to answer honestly, these guys. Yeah, they're still doing shows. They have a residency in Vegas. They're going to do a um, reunion tour where they perform this 10-minute C-SPAN set in full in like 40 cities across North America. And it's going to oh, they'll open for Trump rallies and they'll have fucking huge audiences. If this happened at the rally, the July 4th rally, people would have loved it. They oh, would cheer for this. Do you think like 30 years from now, like Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro, and these guys are going to have a barbershop quartet just like this doing the same thing? Yeah. Would they do the same songs? I don't know. I actually don't know what kind of music they think is cool. I don't pay enough attention to them. I don't know if they really can think music is cool. Like, yeah, like Ben Shapiro's thing, he also does the Richard Dixon thing of like um, playing the most like entry level, just rudimentary classical music to show that he's like a renaissance man or whatever. Oh, he loves Western culture, right? Yeah, so he knows, like, yeah. Yeah, the great the Western tradition of, yeah, yeah, knowing how to play Danube. the simplest possible shit. Yeah, hot cross buns God, this by Beethoven. crushes right here. Like, John Ashcroft is just killing that baritone part. It's sounding a little black for me. Uh, can you tone Dude, it if, down a little guy, bit, guys? If they heard you say that, they'd be so fucking disappointed. This is uh, kind of a swing beat. Yeah, let's stay right on the, you know, fucking ones, ones and threes. Yeah, here, boys. if I can't march to it, uh, get it out of my ears. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any lazy, uh, lazy summertime beats. Dude, if I was Mark Hatfield, I would, I don't know how I'd feel right now. Oh, there's an audience. Yeah, everyone's clapping, dude. That whole time there was a, a big ass audience. He, um, don't think he, uh, really did anything. Mark Hatfield? He was a Republican senator from Oregon. He uh, he served as the chairman of the Senate Committee on Appropriations. With this role, he was able to direct funding to Oregon in research-related projects. Several Oregon institutions are named in his honor. So he just served in Congress and just directed federal funds to Oregon. All right. All right, what do we got next here? Nancy Reagan, Nancy Reagan. singing Thanks for the Memories, the Fallout Boy song, I presume. Bob Hope's 85th birthday celebration. He was a young guy. They should have put Bob do, Bob Hope down way be before that, like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but I did finally figure out what to send you on your 85th. A surprise present, very nicely packaged. Happy birthday, Bob. <laughs> the only funny thing ever associated with Bob Hope was when that guy called into CNN when he died and said he died choking on Howard Stern's ball sack. <laughs> I guess looking back on the Bill Clinton sex thing, like to the kind of people who unironically like this Nancy Reagan performance, 
Bill Clinton does seem like a fucking outlaw, right? Yeah, like she's got this horrible sparkly sequin dress on, just standing completely still, stone-faced, singing this horrible show tune. Half the audience is decaying. Just one of those songs from way back in the day where like there isn't really a melody. It's just like a bunch of corny strings just doing whatever. Yeah, and you just They're sort rambling. of vaguely in tune. And you just sort of you just sort of like speak, sing a line. What I would say is like this is how does that song go? I don't know. This is hip hop, like what conservatives say about rap, like, oh, it's just someone talking over a beat. That's what this shit is. Yeah, except it doesn't have a beat. Yeah, it's just, it's even more pure. It's just someone talking. This is original. This is the roots of hip hop right here. Nancy Reagan, check it out. The years of fun have just begun. So thanks for the memory. Nancy Reagan, no jumper. Exclusive interview. I'm glad she had to live to see her husband die. Yeah, it's like a small amount of solace. Like, there won't really be any solace like that for Donald Trump because no one in his family likes him enough to care when he dies. No, he's going to die happy. Yeah, he will. A, A, he's going to die extremely happy. And then B, it's going to make his family members happier too because, like, the sons will take over the business. His wife doesn't have to deal with him anymore. It's going to be win, win, win for all the shittiest people on earth. All of his voters will get to see him as like a martyr and a hero. He has at yes. least, like at least he's going to be as popular as Reagan with conservatives for 30, 40 years, like maybe more so. Oh, absolutely. Reagan was senile in the White House. He was an actor. Like he was a little more, um, he was a little more suited for politics. He was governor of California, but he was the same sort of just like shitty D-list entertainer. To Trump's uh, like supporters, he's the maverick that McCain tried to run as. Like McCain didn't know shit. He he didn't know how to maverick. Ms. McCain was the ultimate establishment guy, and Donald Trump's too fucking stupid to even understand like the procedure of of Congress and shit. Like he just literally doesn't give a shit about anything. Yeah, you don't have to know the procedure. You just go on TV and say, exactly. we're, That's, "We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it." And then Congress just has to scramble to get in line with whatever you say. That's for the eggheads. Yeah. Yeah, they're the you're the idea guy. They're the ones who get it done. You just tell them what to do. They don't have to worry about votes. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of Donald Trump, he's uh Actually a musician in his own right. Yeah, he's quite the MC. We pulled up an old song from him. Uh, it's 2011. It's called long before 2011. anyone knew, yeah. This song is called Mac Miller. He's, uh, I don't know who Mac Miller was. Was that like... I think that's the that's, senator that the um, those, like, Orrin Hatch and those guys were uh, singing to. It sounds like an old-timey kind of name. Mac, yeah, exactly. Like it's, sort of, it's sort of like Glenn Miller, but also like Mac the Knife. It's like... It turns out he's... Like, it, it's like a doo-wop guy. He's dead, so I'm going to assume he was like a 90-year-old uh, Republican senator who just died last year. Yeah. I don't know. RIP to whoever that was. Yeah, let's check but this out. Let's, this... See, let's see what Donald Trump's up cooking up in the lab. Oh, there's his name, Donald Trump. He can't, you know... Yeah, he's got go that ego. He has to put his name on yeah. everything. Damn, Donald Trump kind of snapped on this. Yeah, he kind of went off on this beat. I mean, this is 
not not bad at all. But it's nothing when you stop and just say fuck it because you walking out in public and you hear them talking rubbish. I just want to. Damn, that's kind of nice. Yeah, walking out in public, they're talking rubbish. She's talking about the fake news. The lying news media spreading lies about him. Honestly, he's got bars for a 72-year-old man. The only thing I'm trying to wrap my mind around is the song is called Mac Miller, but he was just like a modest senator from, I'm going to say, Arkansas. You know, he never really took yeah, over like, the world like Donald Trump did. Oh, I, here, I, here it is. Uh, William Mac Miller uh, served as the junior senator from Arkansas between 1972 and 1978. <laughs> it's really nice. It's really, uh, you know. He was of, on the Armed Services Committee. I mean, I guess that's pretty cool. He loves it's our like troops. A, you think of Donald Trump as being a self-serving guy, but, you know, he's out here feeding this little-known senator, really kind of putting him on the Yeah, map. he knows his history. All right, well, we're going to have to turn this one up and crank it again. So, you know, thanks for sticking around.